On today's episode, I'll be sharing once again an interview I did with Sarah Carson for the fundraiser we did in December. This is an amazing interview with an amazing woman who is an NLP trainer and a great singer, cabaret performer in New York City, and she'll teach us how to use NLP for state management and peak performance. You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart, where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level, while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might want to pay attention. This could be important. Welcome, Sarah Carson. Hi, Doug. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good to have you. Um, I, I really am delighted that you're here for a variety of reasons. One, it's just it's fun to see you again, but also because this is a fundraiser. And um, I don't know if you remember like telethons. I don't know if they had them over there in England where you are. Over here, we had telethons, the Jerry Lewis telethon, and, you know, these performers would come out and, and, and they would raise money. And that's what I'm hoping to do here. But most of the people that have been on the show and are still to be on the show, if you call it a show, are just talking, you know, just talking, which is fine. You know, it's interesting talking about good stuff. And we'll talk about some good stuff, too. But I, you're going to also um, share some of your amazing skills as a performer ah yes absolutely i'm always happy to do that <laughs> and it's also kind of interesting because we're mostly talking about nlp and that's how we know each other but part of the reason you are able to be a performer is because of nlp as, as i understand it is that correct yeah absolutely i mean i I've always thought of myself as a singer. I love to sing even as a little child. My parents were involved in their local amateur dramatics. And I got involved at that in, in that in a very young age and all sorts of kids theatre stuff. And um, even if we're looking back, even then I had a little bit of performance anxiety. Mm -hmm. Singing in front of people seemed to, you know, get me a little bit tight. Sure. But I loved it enough that I carried on all through university and afterwards and I started at one point to get a few small little roles a little a line here in a in a musical or you know a small part and I kind of muscled my way through a lot of those things but by the time it got to the early 2000s I was studying classical voice and opera and in my lessons with my teacher I was absolutely fine I was used to her I was used to the accompanist uh -huh. it was all good but the moment, the moment anybody said, oh, we're going to do a performance or a concert or would you sing for, at my wedding? I would, everything would just tighten up instantly. Hmm. And classic, classic, classic performance anxiety. And like I say, kind of by the time I got to the early 2000s, I really didn't want to sing in public at all. Oh, it really closed. It sort of got worse and worse as, as you went on? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I was kind of muscling through, um, you know, if I had, interestingly enough, if I'd really practiced and I had um, the music in front of me, it was almost like a barrier, mm -hmm. a shield between oh, me and Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. If you had a, a sheet music, a stand in front of you. Yeah, a stand or a folder with my music right, in or something right. like that. But for most performances, you kind of didn't have that. It was really exposing. Oh, I know. And yeah, in 2006, Sean and I both decided to take a couple of years off from our jobs, uh, our other jobs now. Uh -huh. And uh, Sean had a long list of things that he wanted to do. One of the things he wanted to do was an NLP course, which he did. One of the things I wanted to do was to study classical voice and, and opera yeah, a little bit more in depth. Hmm. And I took a, a, a two-week class in Italy, in Tuscany. Wow, I don't know if you've ever been to right. Tuscany, but it I've is never been. stunningly beautiful. Yeah, and there I was singing opera in the home of opera. <laughs> and it was just so idyllic. And I was okay, a little nervous every time I had to stand up in front of the class, a few more people in that group. 
And then they said, well, Sarah, of course, there's going to be the performance at the end. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I that. I, there was no way I could I could suddenly be like, oh, sorry, we've got other plans or, you know, it was kind of like really stuck there. And Sean was coming over for the performance at the end. He just finished his NLP practitioner. And he could see I was like really struggling with this. And, you know, you can picture the scene. We were sitting at this villa on the in the Tuscan hills with the terracotta rooftops below, the cypress trees waving in the breeze, the bell chiming in the distance. And I felt terrible that I had to do this performance. And Sean said to me, would you like me to do something? You know, I learned some things on this NLP course and maybe this thing will help. So, of course... I didn't know what he was going to do, but I said, yes, 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 do anything, yes, do help something. me, help. <laughs> yeah. desperation time. So he asked, I can't remember exactly what it was. I know now it was a, a fairly simple kinesthetic uh, resource anchor. Cool. You know, he, uh, he got me into that positive state, got me to squeeze, I think, my thumb and here so that I could stand like an opera singer, kind of like <laughs> Good, yeah. And of course, ask me to classic, ask me to imagine these things, see these things, feel these things, set the anchor. All of this. Mm -hmm. Half an hour, 20 minutes later, he said, OK, so now, you know, when you think about performing tonight, fire off that anchor. And how do you feel? And I felt different. Nice. That's all I can say. I felt different. And it was so shockingly astounding that whatever Sean had done and whatever I had done in my mind in in 20 minutes, mm. an hour, had an effect with something that I had been dealing with, struggling with, hiding, running away from yeah. for years. So that night when you did the performance, how'd it go? <laughs> I walked out confidently. I did my anchor before, walked out confidently, sang beautifully, and it was great. Cool. And it's it was, you've always had to use that anchor ever since because you've been singing for quite a while since 2007. No. You know, that was the start. That was the start of overcoming mm -hmm. the the performance anxiety. And if I'm absolutely honest, it still crops up occasionally. Yeah. And I have to do a little bit of inner work just to be like, come on, yeah, you know, this is, this is you know how to deal with this. Uh, yeah. You well, know? you know, it's funny you should say this because as you are aware and you can see in the background, I'm a piano player. Yeah. When I moved to New York City in, well, a long time ago, I um, was coming to New York City to play music and that was, that was what I was doing. And I'd studied at conservatory and things for a while and I was, performer, but I was always terribly afraid of performing. I was, it was really scary. I, I, performance anxiety was like through the roof. I did it, but it was not exactly fun. And I, I kind of thought I should have fun doing this thing. It's performance. It's, you know, you play the piano, you don't work the piano, you know, it's, you know, but it was terrifying. And so I, um, I saw this advertisement for a woman doing a study on, on performance anxiety for pianists. She needed a bunch of pianists to do this study at Columbia University. And uh, so I said, sign me up. I'm there. And um, so she had three groups. One was a, a control group that did nothing. Um, they played and measured their anxiety. And then they two weeks later came back and played again and measured their anxiety. And not surprisingly, it was pretty much the same second time. Um, then they had two other groups, one that did hypnosis for a while and then performed two weeks later. And then one that just learned the tech, uh, sort of techniques for learning the music very, very thoroughly, you know, inside and out. So you really, really knew the piece so cold. And I was in that second group. I, I, I learned the piece very thoroughly, you know, which worked really well. I, I learned techniques that I still use to this day to really know the piece inside and out so that I was, you know, very confident that I could play it no matter what. Very helpful. But she also said once the study was over and she got the results that she needed for her 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 her, her thesis or whatever, she would teach the people in the other groups the things that 
the other mm. groups had learned if she wanted to learn. So I went back and that's where I first learned hypnosis was back with her. And yes, some of those things, although I'm much better, I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not a professional performer anymore either, but nevertheless, um, while I, when I was for never, six, six years in New York City after that, um, it was not a problem. And if it was a problem, if I was doing a, like a big performance or whatever that might be, then yeah, I might have to do a little bit more of like squeezing my anchor or, or whatever <laughs> yeah. to do it, but it, it works. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of kind of cool. So is that kind of what got you into NLP then is to say, Absolutely. well, stuff, yeah. it was instant. I came back to New York City and I looked immediately for an NLP course because I was huh. fascinated. You know, I didn't think I, I some people will go to an NLP course because they feel that they uh, really want to help other people. They feel mm -hmm. kind of called to that. Yeah. Some people will go to an NLP course because they're like, I got issues and problems and, you know, maybe this going on a course will, will, will help me. I didn't really feel like I had either of those things. I was just fascinated as in what had just happened. Mm. Absolutely fascinated. How can this, this thing with a, a, a slightly strange name, <laughs> clunky old name, yeah, clunky. how can doing those things just in my mind change me? so much so I, that's what I was absolutely fascinated with you know I didn't have really have any intentions of becoming a trainer and setting up a school or you know uh, writing books and and doing yeah. this as a profession but that's that's where the universe led yeah. so, which is fantastic so yeah. that that 20 minutes was not only changed me personally for my you know really helped me on that road to being able to perform but it massively changed, you know, my life, my, my yeah. job. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's fantastic. I know yeah. the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just brilliant. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Excellent. So um, I would love to hear you perform. <laughs> well, you're in luck. <laughs> yes. Because uh, I just did this, my debut cabaret performance solo okay. show just here. just for here. people that don't know what that means what what does that mean hmm. a cabaret performance what does that mean well let's start with what cabaret is because okay. a lot of people don't really know what cabaret is i didn't really it's a really interesting genre of music where you connect really deeply with the lyrics of a song mm -hmm. so that it tells some kind of story right and you also break that fourth wall, wall that you will want to really connect with the audience. Right. So when I'm on stage, I'm not taking on the role of another character or being another person. And I'm also not just a singer on the stage who's just going to entertain you with a bunch of a bunch of songs. There's a deeper connection to the music and to being able to move the audience as well. Mm -hmm. And there are all kinds of different um ways that you'd approach a song in cabaret sometimes you'll do uh, a little bit of story and then you'll sing a little bit and then you'll carry on with a little bit more story then you'll sing a little bit more of the song or sometimes you might change the rhythm of a song completely you may take a song that might be in a bit more of a waltz time and make it a I don't know a samba or something completely changes mm -hmm. how you, you connect with the music so that's a cabaret in a nutshell usually cabaret is performed in in fairly small intimate settings as right. well yeah like dinner um, dinner clubs or whatever sometimes <laughs> dinner clubs or you know so small bars very often right. bars will have a, a cabaret room at the back right uh, but yeah. my heavens you know if, if it's um stage fright you want mm -hmm. <laughs> get up on a cabaret performance because you know you are yeah. No, there's no stand. There's music stand. There's nothing. There's no fourth wall. No, the fourth wall is an imaginary thing where you imagine that's like I'm doing my part up here. There's no audience out there. I'm just I'm here just talking to this person naturally. This is the way I talk. But there's no fourth wall in cabaret. You're talking like, "Hello, this is me." Is me? Yeah, it's like my story. Good for you. Yeah. yeah, I just loved it. As soon as I started taking classes and learning about it, I was like, oh, this is really powerful. 
It is. And the creative process of finding the right songs for the right story or the right story to go with the right song, those things were just, ah, oh, that creative process was really fulfilling. Uh, it's really, it's so, I, 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 as a piano player, did um, some cabaret performing, not as the singer, but as the guy who fortunately was over there you know, supporting the singer. I could do that. But yeah. being that person out, out front, boy, I take my hat off to you. That's a... Uh, yeah. So this the piece I'm going to share with you is from my very first, my debut cabaret show that happened wow. earlier this year. Wow. It was a tower here in New York City at Don't Tell Mamas, and it was called England and America, uh, a transatlantic love story. So it was about me coming over to America and about some of my ancestors and all kinds of different things. So let me see if I can get this up and ready and then what do I do is just share my screen yeah share your screen all right I think it's on my desktop let's see yes this one here great and I'm going to mute myself so we can so I'd like to take you back now to 1896 to the city of Cambridge in England where a baby girl was born named Nella. And when Nella grew up, she became a teenager and she had a sweetheart named Reg. In 1912, Nella's family decided to move to Canada. Well, Nella and Reg were heartbroken that they were going to be separated by thousands of miles, by an entire ocean. But Reg vowed that when he turned 18, he was going to get on that boat, cross the Atlantic, and claim his sweetheart. I will die every day waiting for you. Time, don't be afraid. I will love you for a thousand years. I love you for a thousand more. Reg did turn 18 in 1914 and instead of getting on that boat to Canada he got on a boat to northern France and the trenches of the First World War.
1919, Reg returned to Cambridge and he worked for an entire year to save enough money for his passage to Canada. And on October the 6th, 1920, Reg arrived in Canada to see Nella waiting for him on the dock. They hadn't seen each other in over eight years. Did she still love him? One step closer state management good lord how do you do that <laughs> I, mean, I mean i mean hold on a second stage fright's one thing but how do you like sing a song like that without just you know bawling your eyes out every night yeah absolutely uh because you ball your eyes out during rehearsal hmm. you can't you if you show too much emotion on the stage, right, I know. the audience actually doesn't connect. They suddenly become more concerned about, oh gosh, is she going to be all right? Yeah, they're trying to take care of you, I know. Right. Whereas what I'm trying to do is paint pictures yeah. in the audience's minds. And that may have happened to you when you were listening to it. Did you see mm. the ship coming in? Did you oh, see sure. them waving, having goodbye? You know, all of those things. Yeah. yeah so state management is huge. And that is part of being the performer, taking on that performer role, yeah. is walking that fine line of being able to step into enough of the emotion that the voice is still there and you can still control everything. Yeah. And that is that's a lot of practice. And also knowing that if you get to that moment where you think you might become over-emotional, mm -hmm. what to do? All right. And so do you do. use NLP for that? Oh, uh, you know, I used I used a tremendous amount of NLP in preparation for the entire show mm. um, in, in how to learn lyrics and, and the anchoring that I also use for when I'm standing over here, I'm singing this, or even a hand gesture during a song would remind me of the particular lyric that perhaps I'd been stumbling over. Uh -huh, uh -huh. You know, all these little things are in there. And absolutely, I practiced and 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 did a tremendous amount of future pacing for for the for the show. What, that what was a, a huge thing. Yeah, mean? I just I. Re I rehearsed in my mind's eye the show, 
how it was going to be from many different perspectives. I would rehearse from myself being on the stage and it all going wonderfully well, everything working beautifully and looking out at the audience seeing the audience getting used to things like you may have noticed someone walked by the camera that's the server server was that's his job he's serving people but it can be distracting sure you know when you're up there to suddenly someone's up there or they're whispering or their phone goes off i practiced all of those little scenarios in my mind interesting and then sometimes i would practice sitting in the audience and watching myself oh cool yeah. And then big part of that was the positive commentary that I was having as an audience member whilst watching myself on the stage, uh-huh. because I think and certainly in the work that I've done with other performers, a big part of performance anxiety is that we're on the stage or we're, we're, we're under the spotlight and somewhere in our mind is we are projecting ourselves into the audience and criticizing ourselves mm-hmm. yeah right we're imagining that the audience yeah. are not saying such nice things about us or comparing us to somebody else right. or thinking about their shopping grocery list or you know not engaged yeah. so i did that a lot as well i'd sit myself in the audience and i'd constantly be saying positive things so that with, when i was on the stage that would hopefully be running somewhere in the background that people were saying positive things. Nice. Now, I can't guarantee that. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they were. (laughs) But it's a much better use of the same process of your brain where you, you know, imagining them saying something instead of saying, oh my God, she's just so, you know, instead of the bad stuff, have them say the good stuff. Why not? It's just imaginary anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I did a tremendous amount of, of, of NLP and, and self-hypnosis. Wow, that's great. Uh, I mean, every single day for months, I would do something, along with learning those lyrics. Right. Like you were saying, yeah. that, that there is, there's no substitute for learning the lyrics, or learning the music, learning the words of your speech or your yeah. presentation. You know, I don't know that NLP can get around that in a quick and simple, in easy way. I'm sure there are some techniques that will help us with memory recalls. Certainly there are. Um, but there's no substitute for putting in the hours, putting in the legwork. And I really yeah. drilled that. So that yeah, hopefully yeah. that's... And, you know, it's, it's an interesting point because a lot of times people think NLP or even hypnosis is going to be that just automatic click your fingers and it's everything's changed. And that would be wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, it would be wonderful. But, you know, like with, with weight loss as an example, when I do hypnosis for weight loss, it's like, I'm not going to click my fingers and make it somebody skinny by the time they leave the session, nor will I make it so that they can eat all kinds of junk and be, be a multimillionaire if you could. I know, right? <laughs> we all would be. <laughs> but what we can do is we can help a person do those, you know, be in the right state of mind, et cetera, to do the work that you need to do yes. to get there eventually. And that's, that's the same true with performing. I mean, you, you, I spend hours on that thing, just practicing yeah. in order to do a five minute performance. Yes, you know? exactly, exactly. And one interesting thing I also did, I practiced for getting it wrong and for making a mistake. Oh no, tell me about that. Yeah, I thought that might be interesting because a lot of people are like, you did what? Are you future pacing to, for failure? No, I'm giving myself a recovery strategy. Cool. Beautiful. Tell me, tell right? me more. Tell me because more. it's live performance. I'm going to mess up at some point on a lyric or a word or something or have a moment of like, oh, where am I? What am I? What's the next song? Those, those things are likely to happen at some point. Right. And so I wanted to s- set in mind, what do I do? Yeah, great. So that it doesn't come to that moment and, and be like the deer in the headlights. It's already a little bit practiced. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, no, it's absolutely, yeah. absolutely critical. I remember after my um, recital, my senior recital in college, um, I did well, but there were moments where maybe the maybe the stage fright maybe got a little better of me or whatever but i you know there were times where i did not play the notes that chopin had intended let's just say (laughs) and um 
but I kept right on going. Nobody, well, my teacher knew it, obviously, and, and it's probably a few of the other musicians in the audience knew about it. But, you know, I got to the end of the thing and my, my, I remember my aunt coming up to me and said, that was wonderful. And you didn't miss a single note. That was amazing. You remember all that stuff? It's like, yes, that's right. Um, thank you. Yes. <laughs> right, you just go, yeah, thank you. Yeah, because, and particularly in cabaret, it's very forgiving. Part mm. of it is being human yeah. on the stage yeah. and just being, a, you know, a normal human being on the stage. And I've been to numerous cabaret performances when people have stumbled on a lyric or said, what's the next song? And someone, and actually there's something quite endearing about, about that. Right. Um, what I didn't want was the complete blank. Right. And that can happen when a tiny stumble happens and then it becomes, you kind of unravel. So that is at the point that I wanted to put some, that kind of recovery strategy. What do I do? Do I smile, keep going? Yeah, that's one of the things. Do I ask my musical director or I hope he's going to throw me out one of the lyrics? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there are numerous different things that I also, yeah, practiced for if things went a tiny bit astray. But I only did that toward closer to the performance, kind of towards the end of my inner work. I didn't mm -hmm. start out with that. I right. really wanted to lay that strong foundation of everything going really, really well, having that positive voice in my head. And when that felt like, oh, okay, we're, we're really moving well with this, there was that little moment, ah, okay, now, what if something goes a little astray? Mm -hmm. Let's put something in there, as my say, a little safety net. That's great. In there, so, yeah. I'm just curious about something you just said. You 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 wondered if your music director might, you know, toss something out there. So the piano player is not just a piano player. He's oh he's, no, he's, he's your music. Director. He is my musical director, and I worked with him and I direct and my director Stephen Ray Watkins was my musical director and Lenny Watts my director. I worked with them for months and months and months and months on huh. on this music, putting it together. And because it's cabaret, it's not just stand up and sing. I mean, in that one piece there, it was. I think I started with. Um, I will die every day waiting for you, which in the actual song is the chorus that comes after mm -hmm. two verses. Right, right. But we decided to speak a little bit, start the story, and then put that piece in. And then so weave, the, weave the rest of the story from there. So it really is a collaborative, creative experience for pretty much every single song. There's rarely a song that completely stands alone that ha mm -hmm. hasn't been played with and modeled and, and moved into the and shaped into the the way that best expresses what it is that I wanted yeah. to express. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Cool. So do you have another song for us? I do. <laughs> I have another another couple. So <laughs> let's share this one. Let me tell you a little bit about it first. Okay. Um, this particular show, England and America, a transatlantic love story, was a little bit about my family history, love family history, and also about um, me coming over from England to live in America. And a couple of the songs I'd done were kind of funny songs, poking fun at New York and listing things that annoyed me about New York and all of this. And I said at one point to my musical director and my director, but I've lived here for 26 years. I don't want that to be the only thing I sing about in New York. I want there to be something that says, you know what? I love New York. I mm. love living here in the States. So then we had the job of, of trying to find the right song for that. And this is what we came up with. Nice. like to get away, take a holiday from the neighborhood, hop a flight to Miami Beach or the Hollywood. Me, I'm taking a greyhound on the Hudson River line. I'm in a New York state of mind. 
percussionist as well for those of you who don't know don't tell mamas is a big club i mean it's that's 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 like broadway you know this is this is uh yeah you're you're playing with the big boys up there that's that's <laughs> that's impressive yeah. Thank you. Well, I've actually just been nominated for Broadway World Cabaret Awards for right. Best Debut Show. Wow, fantastic. If you want to vote for me, go to broadwayworld.com and find their Cabaret Awards and I'll be there. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. Broadway, broadwayworld.com. All right, very neat. Uh, yeah. Congratulations, that's fantastic. So, thank you, thank you. Very oh, I, I was unbelievably honoured. It's just, just, wow, amazing. Yeah. Wow. What a what a way to get out of the gates, huh? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, really, wow. really thrilling. Really thrilling. Wow. Yeah. So, as uh, your music director and your director, have they done this before? Have they? Um... Many, 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 many times. Yes, they've been doing this for decades. The two of them, and that's it's their job. It's their their full time job. So, um, yeah, I joined um, an organization called Signasium here in New York, hmm. and um, they run classes. In, in cabaret uh -huh. and that's where it's run by Lenny Watts who's my director and Stephen is one of the, the people who who work alongside him and yeah there are classes in uh, in New York City if anyone is interested in in singing they do some remote things as well I think they did a one in uh, Chicago I think San Diego they're having some classes so they're beginning to, to stretch outside of New York and yeah so if there are any singers who are listening in who want to give this a go Check right. out Signasium. Yeah, they're Very really cool. great. Really, really great. I, I, I yeah. sing. I'm a singer. I just don't ever sing in front of people. Um, <laughs> Are you a shower singer? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a car singer. Um, mm -hmm. Also, my, my wife is down in the New York City apartment. So when I'm when I'm alone here, I, I'm a piano playing singer. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. You're a, you're a Billy Joel. 
just between you and me, I, I I'm not a fan. Oh no. Of the Joel man. Yeah. So mm. we'll just, we'll just let that slide, right? We'll let that slide. <laughs> we'll let it slide. I liked what you did with that song that. though. I like the way you played that song and, and also the way you mashed it together with uh, getting to be a habit. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things I absolutely love about Cabaret as well is that we get used to it, especially if it's a song we know well. Mm. New York State of Mind is a fairly well-known song, yeah. but all of a sudden, oh, it wakes us up again. Yeah, yeah. Be like, oh, something new and different. What is this? I wasn't expecting that. That wasn't the lyric I was half singing in my head. She's doing something different. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, Looking and for why? something new and, new and different. Exactly. Yeah. And don't we ask our clients to do that all the time? <laughs> things that are new and different. That's true. That's right? True. A change has happened. Look for the change. Look for the th even small things that are new and different. So That's the brain true. loves it. It just, you know, shakes that, that concrete. The brain's like, oh, I know this song. Ooh, what was that? Ooh, so great. let me ask you a question about, about that sort of thing. What, I know that you've used NLP for yourself in becoming a better performer or performer at all. And um, how has performing informed your therapy practice when you do NLP hypnosis with other people? I think it just gives me more insight in so many ways, particularly mm -hmm. working with people to overcome performance anxiety, right, because right. You know, another little thing will crop up or I'll suddenly um, come up with a little personal technique and begin to share that a lot more with, uh, with clients. So it's it's those kinds of things, I think, really, yeah, that it, that it has uh, informed. Yeah. It's neat. It's really cool. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. it's so fun. I would, I could do this all day. In fact, I've been wanting to come to your show. Are you going to be doing any more performances? Maybe January, February time. Nothing is set in stone yet, but okay. um, I'll let you know. Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's the, yeah. that's the challenge about being up here in the, um, the woods or wherever the heck I am out in the, yeah. the country of upstate New York, as we call it. It's funny, by the way, people in New York state, New York City, this is definitely where I live right now is definitely upstate. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. two hours north of the city. Totally. It is upstate. If I mention that I'm living upstate to somebody from my hometown of Buffalo, they go like, that's not upstate. You're down by New York City. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> it's a big state and there's a lot more of it. That's all a matter of perspective, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all about perspective. Yeah, but still, you know, it's hard to get down into the city for a, a cabaret performance that's on a Thursday or yeah. whatever. So, but we'll keep trying. Yeah. Yes. But there's something about yes. it live. I mean, as wonderful as, as it is to see these recordings, seeing it live, there's something about being in that room, you know, with a person who is doing what you do there, you know, just sort of like being yeah. naked, if you will, in front of everybody and, and, and having that communication that, you know, community commune you're communing you know it's it's that deep communication that happens in this yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and i truly believe live live music works on on a level that i don't think we've even begun to understand yeah, yeah. It's so inherently deep in all of us whether you would think of yourself as a musician or or not you know the, yeah. the heartbeat is here first you know yeah, the, vib yeah. the vibrations that we feel from things and people around us it's all connected and music brings people together in 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 wonderfully unique ways and yeah. again for for the way you're doing it with the cabaret there's also the element of the story and the storytelling that's that's involved in that and and as we in NLPers, if we've had the connection with with Erickson and Erickson's work, you know, the idea of the story and the, the message that come through the story is very, very important and how yes. people connect to that. But when you do that, you know, when it's your story, mm -hmm. and you're telling your story to a bunch of strangers, you know, it's it's really, you know, that that level of vulnerability that you let yourself be in is just so amazing. Yeah. That if you can, yeah. you know, do that and offer that to people, that that then then that gives them permission to feel the vulnerability in themselves, and it's it's a really oh man, 
like you said, yeah. there's there's just nothing quite like live performance when the, that story yeah. is involved and it's your story and people are saying, oh my God, this this human yeah. being in front of us is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or even some, I mean, some cabaret shows will take one artist or two artists and they'll um, be telling this, their stories. Oh, yeah, so yeah. it may not be a personal story, but it's, a per, it's the performer's personal connection to that artist. Sure. Yeah. Or, or that particular genre or you know a friend of mine did a, a, a show all about Todd Rundgren another friend did um a show about Carol King um hmm. so you know you can or Rodgers and Hammerstein I mean there's a wealth of work yeah, there yeah. and it's their it's not their personal stories of their life but it is their personal connection mm -hmm. to the, the 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 artist that, yeah, that yeah. they're bringing as well and right. so that brings a different slant to things as well so yeah cabaret is really interesting and honestly I didn't know really anything about it until a couple of years ago I kind of thought it was a little bit sort of you know fishnets and basques and a little burlesque type thing right. it really is at all right well it can yeah. be but I mean burlesque is a different genre you know so uh, yeah 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 yeah. That's, yeah which is wonderful in itself um <laughs> yeah so I would love to hear just one more story. You said there's another one you got? I have one more that I pulled out. And this is um, Anything Can Happen from Mary Poppins. And this was right at the very end of my show. It was the last song I did. And I wanted something really uplifting. And, you know, this is a great NLP song as well, because anything can happen. <laughs> anything can happen in our lives, right? Yes. So yeah, let me share right. this one with you. All right, fantastic. And I'm living proof that anything can happen if you let it. Sometimes things are difficult, but you can bet it doesn't have to be so. Changes can be made. You can move a mountain if you use a larger spade. Anything can happen, it's a marvel. You can be a butterfly or just stay larval. Stretch your mind beyond fantastic. Brains are made of strong elastic. Take some sound advice and don't forget it. Anything can happen if you let it. goodness gracious I, I i don't remember that from mary poppins but i love that song and you're it's you sounded like 
Julianne thank was pretty, as far as I could tell. Oh, thank you. That's a big compliment. <laughs> thank you. It's actually from the the musical that was um, a, a newer musical of Mary Poppins that was produced probably maybe five, ten years ago. Oh, and okay. they did some of the original songs, you know, Chim Chimney and Supercalifragilistic yeah. and all those. And then a few others were uh, written specially for that production. And so it was one of the newer ones that was written in there. And I just loved it, you know. It's yeah, just, it's great. Don't chase your dreams. You won't regret it. All right. And the, the lyrics are really, really fun. I'm going to yeah. look those up because they're... Yeah. I can't I can't remember, but there was one about being larval in there. I thought that was really <laughs> you can be a butterfly or just stay larval. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, that was you great. Can move you use a larger spade, you know. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So Julie Andrews never actually did sing that song, and now you have. Thank you. Yes, I <laughs> I enjoyed well, this was just fantastic. And I, I really do hope that, um, you know, the people listening will appreciate what you've what you've offered here and that um, that we all of us can can help and support, you know, Mary Lou and Jerry to, to raise some money here for his, his long term care. But wow, uh, absolutely delight. And so people can get hold of you and come see your shows, um, sarahcarson.com or how, how do they, how do they find you? No, um, your probably best is the intelligent hypnotist gmail.com. That's our email address for our business. So if it's an NLP style thing, sure. You know, give us a call or uh, an email there. Yeah. And the intelligent hypnotist.com is the website that we have. Intelligent hypnotist. The intelligent hypnotist. Is it the intelligent hypnotist? Yes, the intelligent hypnotist. And that's you, Stop. or is that you and? That's myself and my husband Sean and our partner Jess Marion. So it's three intelligent yes. hypnotists. Yes. yes, but it's not just us who's the intelligent hypnotist. Everybody is an oh. intelligent hypnotist. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent, great. Well. Gosh, Sarah, thank you so much for this. It was just wonderful. And just, I could do this all day. You're welcome. That was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was great yeah, chatting yeah, with you. <laughs> this has been the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure seeing you again. Hope to see you again real soon. Come back next week when we have another gripping and exciting episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. And if you want to, you can find out more about us, each and every one of us, at EssentialCoachingSkills.com. Thanks. Thanks.